And I want to get into the word of God tonight and I believe in letting the word of God speak for itself, not really adding or taking away from it. And uh, before I get started, uh, probably not the perfect title, but uh, the title of the day's message is Press In to the Lord. Press In to the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5, say this. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? And here's the word of, uh, of encouragement, the word of admonition. I would encourage and challenge you with hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So we have a person here who is distressed. A person who is going through. I believe there's a lot of you out there tonight who can relate to this person. Who's been in this place where this person is. And these words speak to you. These words take you back to that place. If you're not currently in that place. And if you are in that place. I hope it's speaking to you now. That when we're in distress, that when we are filled with anxiety and despair, that, that, that when we are in struggle and hardship, the time is, that is not a time to isolate ourselves. That is not a time for us to, to, to run. It is a time for us to lean into God. To press into him. As the scripture says in verse 1, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. I am in need of your breath of life. I am in need, Father God, of hope in this situation. I am in need of these dry bones being made to live. I, I, I am in a desperate state of being. And in that desperation, I cry out to my God. In that desperation i i press into him i love the way the word of god doesn't leave anything out it 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 it, it tells us about the peaks and the valleys the highs and the lows you know the the the, the joyous refrains and the moments of despair and we get peaks 
into those moments, into those quiet moments, into those private moments as these people are walking out, walking out their faith in God, walking through their emotions, walking through their hardships and trials. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? I don't know who they is. You know, they always say something. They could be people in your sphere, in your circle, at work, at school, at home, in the neighborhood, or they could be your emotions. You know, they ain't always outside. Sometimes they is inside. Sometimes those are fears, anxieties, doubts, unbelief. Those voices that are from the enemy, do not get it twisted. The enemy is speaking into your mind, doubt, fear, and unbelief. And sometimes we entertain those thoughts. We embrace them and we make them part of our identity when our identity is not in those things. Our, our identity is not in what we can accomplish or what we fail to accomplish. It's not in where we come from or where we hope to, to go. Our identity, those of us who are Christians, those of us who belong to God, those of us who are in Christ, our identity is in Christ. Amen? He has made us the righteousness of God in him. And so the Bible tells us that any high thing, any thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ, we should pull that down. We should bring it under subjection to the truth of God's word. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're in that moment where your tears have been food day and night, press into God. You Maybe you can remember those things uh, when you were able to go with the multitude and rejoicing because all was good and all was well and you felt really locked into God. But now in this wilderness experience, now in this valley, you're feeling distant from him. And I want you to know your emotions may be telling you God is far away, but he is not far away. He is nigh unto you. He is right there in the situation with you. And He, it is his strength. It is his countenance. It is his presence that is going to give you strength and the grace to endure through this trying time. And victory is yours in Christ Jesus. You've already overcome. So I would encourage you to say, why are you cast down, verse 5, oh my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning, and I shall yet praise him. I may be down right now, but I shall yet praise him, for my God is faithful. I'll praise him for the help of his countenance. Um, I want to... I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 24. I feel like this story is a word picture of pressing in. 
Matthew chapter 5, starting at the 24th verse. Very familiar passage of scripture. And it starts, And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You know, I won't take you to the book of Leviticus. I want everyone to stay awake. But, uh, but in Leviticus, it states that excessive issue or flow of blood if someone were to, if a woman were to be going through that, she would be considered unclean. Anything she touched was unclean as well. In fact, if anyone touched anything that she had touched, they would be considered unclean also. So this woman I want to give you, I like to get a peek inside of, of, of where this woman was, where these Bible characters, when I read them, I, I, I try, I ask God, give me insight, try to put me in their shoes. I, I want to, I want to think of what it must have been like in their shoes in that moment. And I ask God to try and, and quicken my senses and my understanding about the, the surroundings, how the people must have seen this person, viewed this person, thought about this person, this person's anxieties and, 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 and struggles about their own identity and, and, and what other people might think. And so we have this woman who has been in this condition, a condition that society, the, the society believes makes her unclean. Her presence is not desired around anyone. Basically, this woman 
because of the condition she's in, was basically in quarantine. She was. And uh, all of us can relate to that now because we know what it's like to, to, a, to a slight degree to be quarantined. We don't even have to have what it is that's plaguing us right now in order to be quarantined, right? And so this woman is basically living 12 years of quarantine. And I try to imagine what must she have looked like? I mean, you can't have an excessive loss of blood coming from your body and look healthy. There has to be, was she emaciated in some kind of way? Did she look gaunt? I mean, what, she might have looked like somebody you don't want to touch. Let alone let touch you. So this woman must have been living a lonely, dreadfully lonely existence. Do you know that according to law, not even her family could touch her? Her loved ones couldn't touch her or touch anything that she had touched. So imagine what it must have felt like to be her in that situation for 12 days, much less 12 years. I wonder, <laughs> and it's just me, just bear with me. I wonder if anyone in that crowd knew that this woman was that woman. Everybody's looking at Jesus. Everybody's focused on what Jesus can probably do for them. They just want to get a glimpse of him or they want him to meet their need. They're not even worried about other people. And here she is, this woman who, who has this condition. The Bible says that she had gone to many doctors and, and she had tried everything that her resources allowed her to try. And not only did she not get better, the Bible says that after trying everything and going to every doctor and spending everything that she had, she was worse. Worse off. So this woman was desperate. What we read, first of all, in uh, Psalm 42... This is, this is where she lived for 12 years. She's desperate. How many of you have ever been truly desperate to come to the end of yourself? Maybe you started off being confident in your own abilities and your own strength and your own intellect. Maybe you started off feeling confident that that you could do this. And that confidence carried you through for a season. It carried you through for a while. But as things didn't develop as you thought they would, you begin to press. You begin to try harder. You begin to try different things. You want to try and do everything that you can to make this thing happen. And the harder you try, it seems like the worse things get.
Imagine if that one thing was your health. And you get a glimpse of what this poor woman was going through. She tried. She wasn't lazy. She wasn't just expecting a a handout or someone to do stuff for her. She did everything she could to make herself well or to get well. But nothing worked. So here is this woman. Now imagine... And and I'm taking time, extra time, I know, but I really want to paint the picture. Now, imagine not only what she must have looked like, but imagine how much, how weak she must have been and how much energy it would take for her to even be there to get herself where the crowd was, much less press through the crowd to get to Jesus. I tell you what, it's amazing what desperation can can get us to do. This woman wasn't worried about the possible consequences. If anybody who knew her condition called her out at that point, that could have been her life. She wasn't supposed to be there. She's tired. She's worn out. She's lived an isolated, quarantined, lonely life for 12 long years. But she's also desperate. As the deer pants for the water brook, her soul is panting for Jesus. Are you hearing me? Her soul is desperate for Jesus. She had heard about this man named Jesus. And, and, and having exhausted all resources, now that she knew that there was nothing in the natural that could help her, that this situation was beyond human ability, her only recourse now was the Lord. And she was desperate enough to risk exposure, She was desperate enough to take every ounce of whatever little strength and and, and endurance and capacity she had to get to Jesus. And I'm telling you, there is a lesson to be learned in that. I see a strength in this woman that I don't know. Yeah, that there's a physical strength that she displayed, that she somehow willed her way there. But, 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 but I see, I see a mental strength in her. I see a woman who had every reason to feel sorry for herself. Every reason to just give up, wilt, and and let nature take its course and die. But she, you could tell about her persistence and that all those doctors and everything that she had tried, her persistence speaks to the metal that she had. And yet, when she exhausted all her resources, she didn't quit, she didn't give up. She heard about Jesus. And I see a determination. I see a strength of spirit in her that I believe is 
is required of us in our walk with the Lord. Because there's going to be trying times. Jesus was very open and honest about that. There is going to be persecution. There is going to be difficulty. There's going to be trials. Uh, uh, the Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. You know, now that means that's going to, life is going to continue to knock you down. But will you show the metal that this woman showed in getting back up again, dusting off the, the your knees, dusting off yourself, standing up and, and, and getting right back on the straight path and saying, Lord, I'm still going. By your grace, I'm still here. By your grace, I'm still walking the path you've marked out for me. By your grace, Father God, I still believe in your goodness. By your grace, oh God, I shall accomplish what you've called me to accomplish. Amen? And letting our faith stand in what God has said, not in what the circumstances may be trying to convince us of. But this woman shows great strength, great tenacity. Great spirit. In her weakest physical condition, she is strong. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that God rewards those who diligently seek him. That's what this woman did. Now she sought him because of her desperate physical condition. But whatever it is that you're desperate about, whatever it is that, that you're anxious about, whatever it is that, that, that you're going through, it doesn't matter what the situation is. What matters is whether or not you're pursuing God. What matters is whether or not you are diligently seeking him. And, and you know what? I just want to put it out there for you. It doesn't matter whether things are good or bad. Your seeking him diligently shouldn't be determined by your circumstance, how good or bad things are. That just should be what we should be doing all the time, daily, pressing in, seeking him. Our souls should always be desirous. As the deer pant for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. Lord, I need to know what your word says. I want to feed my spirit your word, Father God. I want to know. I want to be like David. I, your word that I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want to walk righteous before you that you might be glorified in me and through me. So I would encourage you to press into God, not only based on your need. I want you to know if you got need, if you're desperate, press into God. There's provision there. Okay, there is his, there is, there is his comfort there. There is healing there. Amen. There is blessing there. He is your ever present help in time of need. You can come confidently to the throne of grace and find mercy to obtain grace that will help in a time of need. I want you to know that. But I don't want you to think that seeking God diligently is just strictly need based. Seek him diligently at all times. He desperately wants intimate fellowship with you. If you don't know him, 
If you've not surrendered your heart to Christ, he desperately wants relationship, reconciled relationship with you. He wanted it so much that he was willing to give his only begotten son to suffer greatly and to pay the ultimate price for our sins. He became sin for us. That we might be the redeemed of God. That we might be the righteousness of God in him. And that's a loving God. Now, I can't answer every question and, and explain to you why circumstances uh, in your life are what they are. Why things happened the way that they did. Um, that there, are, there are answers that many of us may never get this side of glory. But what I can tell you is that God is good. He's good all the time. What I can tell you is that God desires relationship with you and that God desires to show himself strong on your behalf. You know, uh, the, the creator of this, of this universe, the creator of this earth, the creator of mankind and all that is in this earth loves you. He loves you dearly. And do you not know that in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that God is not long suffering. He's not slack as some count slackness, but but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. And I'm looking at my daughter back there, and she's like, you know what? He didn't give me these scriptures. It's, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Uh, it, it's just, I'm, you're just never going to get them all, babe. I'm sorry. I love you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> and so, 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 so God stays his hand. You know, and there's probably been many a, a, a righteous saint that's wondering what's taking him so long. Why doesn't he come? Why doesn't he bring judgment? Why doesn't he bring a new heaven, new earth? Why didn't he get this thing over with? God is long suffering because he wants everyone. His heart is for everyone to receive the gift of salvation that he so graciously and mercifully provided for us. And if there's one thing that this pandemic has uh, brought to my attention and that I want to point out, you know, if you are at a point in life where you think, you know what, I'm just going to live life. I'm going to do what I want to do. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll give my life to the Lord after I've experienced a bit of life. I'll give my life to him tomorrow. You know what? Tomorrow is not promised to anyone, <laughs> you know, and so uh, we've lost so many dear and precious to us during this time. The numbers continue to climb. And so tomorrow, the next moment's not promised to you. Um, you know, so tomorrow's not promised to you as well. Now, right now is the decision time. Now is the time of salvation. And, and, and I hope that you, if that's you, that you're under conviction right now and that God is really speaking to you and moving on your heart right now and, and that you would humble yourself before God and, and, and acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of salvation and that, and that you invite the Lord Jesus into your heart and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Just, just, just repeat after me, Lord, I am a sinner that needs salvation. And Lord, I acknowledge that Christ Jesus, hallelujah, is the propitiation for our sins. I acknowledge that Christ Jesus died on the cross for my sin. 
and, and he rose again on the third day, proving that he was in fact God come in the flesh, the only begotten son of God. And I surrender to him, declaring him my Lord and Savior. Lord, come into my heart that I may be born again. And if you did that, I want you to tell somebody about it. I want you to know. I, I want to know about it. If if you know me, if you have uh, ways to contact me or or uh, respond, make a comment on the uh, Facebook Live uh, video. Uh, but at least tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell them you decided to follow Jesus. And I guarantee you, you know what? Your life will never be the same. And And I just pray that the Lord will bless you as you continue in your walk with him, that you will draw nearer to him, that you will press into him and allow him to do the work in you that he wants to do. Hallelujah. And so, like I said, Hebrews eleven six, God rewards those who diligently seek him. If you diligently seek him, you will be rewarded by him. One of my favorite passages I've often, uh, this is a snippet of my favorite passage. Um, I've often quoted it, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It may not be my favorite, but it is in the room. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, she diligently sought after him, right? And so you can tell she was in desperation. You could tell she was in hardship and trial. But you know what? She just told herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, you know, I, um, uh, I, I can't touch him. You know, I can't just out myself and go out there and interrupt where he's going. But if I can just get a finger on the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be made whole. And, and, and she did it in her faith. That act of faith caused power to come from Jesus' body. And he was like, whoa, whoa, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me in faith and power came from me. Who did it? And, you know, there's a reason she was in fear and trembling. You know, this woman wasn't supposed to be out there. She wasn't supposed to be touching anyone. You know, she was outside the law, right? And so, but Jesus was looking around, and I think he set his eye on her, and she just decided to come out and confess, it was I who did it, Lord. I did it. He had compassion on her story, and, and she told her story. She told him the whole truth. And he said those blessed words to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So she spoke faith. She acted in faith. She pressed in. 
She pressed in, pressed through the crowd, pressed through objections, pressed through obstacles, you know, did everything that she could, pressed through pain, pressed through fatigue, pressed through discomfort, pressed through weakness in her body. With all the strength she could muster. And the end, res- and the end result was the peace of God in her healing. The peace of God which surpassed all understanding. You know, I wish I could stand here and tell you with... Uh, biblical accuracy that if you walk with God that you will never endure trying times that you will never endure uh, hardships but I'd be lying to you if I said that the Bible says in Psalm thirty-four nineteen, that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You may be going through affliction. I want to tell you that's, that, that nothing is necessarily wrong with you. God isn't necessarily mad at you. You know, we're going to go through afflictions. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I don't know what your home situation is. I don't know what your marital situation is, what 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 your relationship with your kids are, what your work situation is, what your health situation is. I don't know those things. Many of you may be afflicted in those areas. And there's many are the afflictions of the righteousness, uh, 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 of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Just know that you have a God that cares for you. You have a God that loves you. You have a God that is there with you in that situation, in that trial. And you have a God that will carry you through. He will make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. He will give you the provision that you need in order for you to get to the other side. And he will somehow, some way, take the ashes and turn them into something beautiful. Somehow, some way, he will work that situation out for your good. I won't say to you, and I won't lie to you and say that it will that it will feel good. I won't lie to you and say that it may seem good to you in the moment. But there are times in my life that were horrible as I was going through it. And I didn't feel God in those moments, okay? And I wasn't given a hallelujah praise in those moments. And I struggled in those moments. And, and I thought that there is, I thought that God had it out for me in those moments. And I look back on some of those moments and I see the hand of God in them. You know, I see that while God allowed me to go through those things, I see how God was with me in them. And I see what God has worked in me, in my character, in my life. I see what he's worked in me through those things. And so, and so now I look back on those situations and I praise him. I look back on those situations and I thank him for 
putting me through those situations because there was growth that happened to be in there. I grew closer to him in those situations. You know, there were character issues in me that needed to be dealt with that got dealt with through some of those situations. And so, and so I was, that's part of me being conformed into the image of Christ. And so I, 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 I go to God humbly and thankfully saying, thank you, Lord, for the very things that I resented and I despised when I was going through them. And I, I hope that speaks to someone who may be in such a situation right now. And so, and be careful what voices you listen to. Be careful what words you give word to. There, there are a lot of voices out there whose agendas are not to glorify God. They may be trusted news sources. They may be paragons of information and so forth for, 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 for lack of a better word. You know, they, they, it may be your favorite news person or whatever, but I want you to know, I want you to measure those words. I want you to test those spirits to see if they be of God. What are they saying? And is what they're saying glorifying God? Is what they're saying matching the truth of the word of God? And if it isn't, where it, where it parts ways with God's truth, okay, then you need to part ways with at least those words. Okay, and you need to exalt the truth of God's word. All right, don't let people manipulate you. Now, Paul was talking about Judaizers here. Uh, Second Peter chapter three, verses seventeen, eighteen. I'll finish right here. People who were trying to get these new believers to believe in Judaism and and try to get them in bondage to the law and so forth. But Peter, or not Paul, Peter. He's saying, you therefore, verse 17, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. I want you to remain stable in your faith. I want you to remain stable in your walk with the Lord. Remain stable, standing on the truth of God's word. Don't let, don't let other uh, people's words, don't be carried away with error. Okay? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we need to be, we are called to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are called to not be carried away by the, by error. Not to be carried away by angst. Not to be carried away by any tricky doctrine that can, that, that can get us off course in the Lord. Get, get us off the course that God has marked out for us. You know, we are called to be followers of Christ. Christ carried his own cross. And the weight of it, you know, he had been beaten senseless and, and he had to have a little help to carry that cross to, that he would ultimately die on. But he said to us, and this wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't him just asking us to do it. He commanded us to take up our cross. And follow him. 
He says, take up your cross and follow me. Your cross. What was the cross of Jesus? The, the, to me, it's, it's more, it's multifold. I'll say it's, it's twofold. The cross, I would say, the cross is his purpose. He was born on this earth to die for us as the Lamb of God, right? The cross was his purpose. His God-given purpose from the Father, the cross was his purpose. And it's also the symbol of sacrificial love. He laid down his life. It's the, it's the symbol of him laying down his life for us. And so, when he says, take up your cross and follow him, he's saying, take up your cross, your God-given purpose. And I want you to be, to lay your life down in furtherance of this gospel. That doesn't mean you're going to hang on a cross and so forth, but he wants you to be sacrificial. I'm willing to give sacrificially of myself in order that the truth may be shared by those who, uh, to those who don't know it. In order for people to be set free from the bondage of sin and death. In order for people to, 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 to be transferred, transported from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so I'm going to follow, when he says follow me, he wants you to follow his example. He wants you to do as he did. And so, we are not to be fearful of sacrifice. We are not to be fearful of hardship. We are not to be fearful of losing our lives to advance the kingdom. Because that's what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did to give us this beautiful, wonderful, amazing salvation that we have in him. Amen? And so he wants everyone who will humble themselves and receive that gift to experience that same salvation. And you know who he wants to use in order to let them know, in order to preach that beautiful gospel to them, in order that they might receive that gift of salvation? You and I. And some of those people are in pretty dark places. Personally and literally. Some of those people are going to need people willing to go where they're at and let their light shine. So I want to encourage you to press into God. Press into him with all that you have. Be like the woman with the issue of blood. Press in with all that you have. Be tenacious. Be persistent. Don't wallow in self-pity, but but whatever your situation is, okay, forget the self-condemnation, forget the self-pity. Focus instead on your help. Focus instead on him from whom your help comes from. Focus instead on the God of your salvation and reach out to him, lean into him, press into him, let your soul be thirsty for him.
Let his words be truth, be the truth that it is to you. Read his word. Uh, uh, Emily says she's in John and she shared with you, she shared with all of us today what she was getting out of that the book of John, how it's ministering to her. She's pressing in. She's giving of herself, investing herself in the word of God. And, 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 and she's meditating on it and, and she's applying it. You know, it's speaking to her. It's speaking life and hope to her. And you know what? It will do the same for you. If you would but press in. You know, Lord, I'm, uh, the excuses are done. Uh, uh, I no longer lack the time to get in your presence. I no longer lack the time to get into your word. I no longer lack the time to, to praise and worship you. I no longer lack the time to have a quiet time with you and, and, and to pray and, and to hear your heart and, and to pour myself out to you. No, 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 no. I'm going to make the time. I'm going to be intentional about spending time with you, Lord. I'm going to be intentional about spending time in your word. I'm going to be intentional about pursuing you and pressing into you, Lord, because I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to hear what you're saying to me, Lord. I want to know what your will is concerning me. I want to know your heart. I want to be like Paul. You know, I want to even know you in the fellowship of your sufferings. The power of your salvation in the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to know you intimately. Hallelujah. Press in. He's waiting. He's been all in on you. Your entire life. He's waiting on you to be all in on him. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love, for your presence in our lives, even in those darkest moments, even when we were in the pit of despair, you were down in there with us. Even in those current situations that that people are in that are hearing my voice right now, you're there. Thank you, Father God, for your word of truth, for Jesus. Thank you that even in our frailty, 
your grace upholds us. Your mercy extends toward us. By your spirit and power, you're mighty to save. So we give you glory and praise. And I pray that you will let this word resonate in, in the hearts of everyone who hear it, hears it. That it's not just mental assent given to it, but it actually gets received on good soil, in the heart, gets acted upon. And bears much fruit. I just thank you, Father God, for the testimonies that shall come as people, as your people, Father God, obey you in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you all. Have a great weekend and, uh, um, I just want to remind you, New Covenant, that uh, we're going to be opening up the uh, church and uh, we're going to be congregating again. Uh, those of you who are um, not subject to uh, shelter-in-place conditions and those, you know who you are if you have underlying conditions and whatnot, and, uh, we would encourage you to still join with us via Facebook Live. That we'll still be doing that. Um, and the, the, the rest of you who are comfortable to come in, uh, I just want you to know there's no pressure. There will be no judging, uh, that comes from me or anyone else who, uh, ministers here or, uh, anyone else in their loving New Covenant Fellowship family. It, we just, just, just go with God. Um, there's no pressure, uh, you're welcome to come if you like. I have another update I'm going to be sending out. There's been a few changes since the uh, communique I sent out to NCF uh, a day or so ago. Um, but uh, we're going to be coming together in this house, those of us who can, on Mother's Day. Next Sunday's Mother's Day. Uh, we love all of you mothers, and we bless you in the Lord, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.